Welcome back to literally the best podcast that you've ever heard from this apartment and this living room that we are in right now. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Off the Top. Uh, I just want to let you guys know that uh, if you guys are wondering where we're at, uh, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on SoundCloud, uh, still working out that Spotify situation, but it's going to get there. So um, without further ado, uh, I just want to say before I tell you what we're talking about, I really want to say this, um, that I believe, I personally believe that information is something that almost I feel like is a right to have. I don't believe that people should be in the dark in anything um, or just not have the ability to access the information or knowledge that they pursue or want to learn. I mean, with some confines, obviously, but I truly believe that knowledge and uh, learning is basically how societies become better and improve on itself. So without further ado, I'm going to let my man uh, introduce the topic. Um, first, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think as a society to improve, you have to have access to all knowledge that is possible. And if you're controlling any of that um, and holding something back, like you're not going to be able to get through example of school system without the fundamentals of reading or math. Um, and that just goes on and on. And that being said, you know, we talked about being on iTunes and other platforms, and that's all on the Internet which is currently in the huge, once again, another debate about what they call net neutrality. Yeah, so there it is that there's two words that I'm sure you guys have heard about uh, quite a bit and uh, it's probably being waxing in uh, frequency and intensity of uh, how people feel about it. But so today, basically what we're going to do is explain to you what net neutrality is and then um, go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So in the first part, when I heard net neutrality, I've heard it a few times over the past few years. And then this year it just kind of came up by storm. I was kind of aware of it. And then I saw that it was being really pushed in a business sense. And I didn't know how I necessarily felt at the, about it at first. And then I kind of saw some other numbers from other countries that have um, experienced that. And I found that it was a good time for me to use my voice, like use my platform, use the internet to find how I could go against stopping or putting in my voice for that. And so I called, I went to, I got a number or a site and I put in my number and they gave me the phone number to call my congressman and it gave me a script. And I just had to read that script and say, you know, I'm against net neutrality. And for whatever that matters, like I put in one more voice to say like, I'm against it. Yeah, and uh, that's obviously a huge point that I'm definitely going to want to touch on later on in the podcast. But beforehand, let me take the opportunity to tell everybody who's listening what net neutrality really is about. So I'm going to kind of give you guys a little bit of background knowledge beforehand. So around um, 2013, uh, the FCC, um, uh, basically what they did was they put uh like people like our um, internet for service providers isps into basically some sort of regulatory box and we'll call that title one no title one for right now in 2013 and what happened was basically they were trying to control internet service providers to basically um regulate them into not uh totally privatizing or um basically not running amok of the internet. 
um, and how they provide it to their consumers. So what happened with that was basically Verizon um, sued the FCC. Uh, it went through the judicial system and basically it came back that uh, the FCC would have to put a tighter box around those companies like the Verizons, the Comcast, the the AT&Ts uh, to properly like uh, control them legally. So basically what what they tried to do at first didn't work in 2013. And then they came back around in 2015 and put Title II uh, control on basically what those companies did, which I believe technically establishes them as a utility. Mm-hmm. And so what happens then is that they are controlled in what they can do. And the reason why they wanted to control them in, in an aspect or regulate them is because um, beforehand, you'd have instances where like Comcast would uh, slow, basically slow down the Internet speeds or, ba- or like shorten the bandwidth of a site like Netflix or something. So the people with who had Comcast would be purposefully limited and stunted in their ability to watch Netflix and slow it down. Obviously, that's a huge issue because, I mean, you start with Netflix, which obviously, I mean, uh, in the grand scheme of things and the internet and stuff, Netflix is a huge utility and tool and a lot of people enjoy it. But you got to think it starts with Netflix and then it might go to you know, like other sites, like maybe government issued sites where you can get government information or even to stop you from being able to use Facebook in a sense. And so that's basically, I mean, that's the very uh, front part of the history of what we're talking about right now. Yeah. And I think an example of what he's saying is the way I picture it, you have three lanes on a highway. You have you know, like the fast lane on the far left and then two slow lanes. And basically what was going on is these services were trying to, if you were in the slow lane, they're trying to get you into the fast lane. So the fast lane was like, you need to purchase, you know, more megabytes per second for us to, you know, give you faster internet. So the people with slower internet weren't really realizing that an example, Comcast could throttle peer to peer um, services. So like if you, the biggest case I saw was a lot of Twitch streamers in the Seattle, Washington area. They were using so much, you know, data and megabytes per second. And they're using their fiber that Comcast saw that and was like, these people are paying the same price as others, but they're using way more. So we're going to slow them down so that they pay us more for their internet. And I think it's just one of those things that comes down to, I understand the business side, but you shouldn't be able to you know, peer to peer or like just based on company throttle someone's speed because they're actually using what you guys offered. Um, It's like saying, oh, here's all the food on the table, but we only want to give you one slice, even though you're paying for everything. Yeah. And there it is. The the basically the two sides. Oops, sorry. (laughs) Basically, the two sides of it all is basically you have these um corporations that obviously their main incentive, a lot of them are publicly traded with investors they have to come back to, um, that want to basically what their job is to increase their gross profit. And then you have these consumers on the other hand that, uh, I mean, obviously they don't want to be somehow confined and pigeon held, uh, through basically this corporate agenda or innuendo, so to speak. And uh, along with those lines, I mean, that's basically what 
like has happened before the net neutrality law in 2015 like came into action and uh, had been in place before then you had instances where that would happen um, and there wouldn't be any like regulating body beforehand of what would be going on and with this basically coming to a like um, a spearhead or even a zenith of like a peak of what's going to be happening is soon we're going to be having this vote that basically will deem uh, net neutrality obsolete and uh, do away with the law or keep it in place with this vote from Congress. And you got to understand like the pieces of this puzzle. We have obviously the corporations on one side, obviously not wanting net neutrality because uh, if there wasn't net neutrality, you can understandably see how they could turn a profit by having companies um, pay more to have their services, you know, in place. So for instance, uh, let's say that, um, Verizon all of a sudden shuts off or like denies access to Facebook because Facebook hasn't paid them money or enough money for them to deem them, um, a place where their consumers can go and, um, access the internet. Uh, or an instance of basically, uh, conflicts of interest. So this happened in the past, uh, People with Google Wallet, a uh, basically it's a Google app that allows you to spend money from your phone and like attach your phone uh, with your credit card or bank information, and then like the tap to pay that you could you've seen before probably. Um, so what happened there was uh, I know specifically AT and T and T Mobile, and I think believe Verizon as well uh, basically cut off. Um, connection to that site and when people started complaining and arguing what they did instead was push their own uh, mobile wallet which was uh, ironically at the time called ISIS wallet Um, now obviously you can imagine that it's not called that anymore Um, but so for instance you have examples like that and so let's get back to this map of you have the corporations and also on this one side I would believe I mean, in my opinion, from my own research, you would almost even have the FCC on that side as well, pushing for net neutrality to be ended. Um, if you're aware that I think the head chairman or the head, a very top figure of the FCC who was appointed in this last administration change is Ajit Pai. And he's the one who um, basically like brought about this, like possibly ending net neutrality and having this vote. And uh, ironically, he happens to also be a former Verizon lawyer as well. And so he's expressed openly that he doesn't believe net neutrality is something in favor of everybody and um, is looking to do away with it. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. And I think you touched on some larger corporations being for or against net neutrality. And there's also this big push from some smaller corporations that are for net neutrality because, like you're saying, if you're a small business trying to enter the marketplace and your internet service provider um, decides that you need to pay them more to be seen or have a better performing site and you don't have the money to do that, it's going to slowly push you out as these larger corporations have that money to pay them if it goes through and you know, stay consistent, stay fast. And you also have to realize like 
60 per 61 percent of the country has one internet service provider in their area as 20 percent has two intercept internet internet service providers and there's like a small percent that doesn't have any but like if you're in that 61 percent you have no choice like if you want internet you have to use comcast or charter or whatever that may be and it really limits you so if you're a small business that doesn't have any other options to do then you're really pigeonholed into i have to pay more and then that even you paying more to have a better site might put you out in the long run because you aren't it isn't you know, getting a return on investment because you're just forcing money to perform and you're losing money in other areas. Yeah. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. That sounds like a monopoly for sure. Uh, Along with that also, I mean, uh, I definitely don't want to be a paint a one-sided picture. So the reason that uh, this argument is being had for net neutrality as well, I mean, granted, uh, we've talked about the opposition and uh, basically limiting people's uh, access to knowledge, companies' access to basically reach out to others to serve them, and also like uh, the element of freedom of speech with uh, denying Facebook and stuff like that in that uh, hypothetical Mm -hmm. situation that we talked about. Um, on the opposing side, uh, people are talking about um, that the privatization almost of this these ISPs and giving them more freedom to do things uh, enables uh, infrastructure spending and investment and things of that nature. And obviously, that's great. And the technology advancements of these Internet service providers would uh, benefit society uh, it totally. Um but at the same time, doing more research on that, uh, I from looking at and obviously you guys probably know that I pay a little bit more close attention to equities and stocks and stuff than um, than than normally. But uh, looking at Verizon's uh, investors relations, basically what they were saying was that with this net neutrality thing, they there's no change in uh, infrastructure investment in uh, basically nothing's stopping them from doing what they were doing before. Hmm. And so, I mean, that does make that point invalid, but at the same time, I think that is something to look at because I mean, people like, uh, Mr. Pie and, hmm. uh, some, uh, I mean, some other people too, on this side of, uh, um, going away with net neutrality, that's what they're saying. Hmm. So, I mean, the, I definitely don't want to, uh, just say, oh, net neutrality is bad and there's nobody opposing it besides mm-hmm. these big greedy corporations. There are some people that say like uh, the investment in infrastructure spending that would go on if net neutrality wasn't there would be beneficial um, for my research personally. And I don't want to just disregard their point, but uh, it doesn't seem to be as conclusive as they say. Yeah. And I think one of the things I read was that the a lot of net neutrality and people are talking about it as an example of your Netflix or Amazon, and you're using a severe amount of this internet service provider's data or storage, you know, they purchase their servers, but they believe that if you're an Amazon or a Netflix or a company, that you should be paying more to pay for their problems, their infrastructure. And the example I saw for that was Amazon and FedEx. So if you're Amazon and you're constantly growing and filling more FedEx trucks, FedEx is going to want, technically would want you to pay for like truck repairs because you're most of the product on their um, trucks. And if you aren't paying for it, they're going to 
slow down their, you know, their shipping time or scheduling. So it affects you and really hurts more so the consumer. So you're paying for that two day shipping, but FedEx in terms of throttling Amazon so that they pay more so they can repair their trucks or whatever it may be. Um, it's kind of an idea of how net neutrality and some of those costs go into it. But I also understand on the business side, like if you have one client using most of your time, um, you'd like to see a return on that or something to help you. Um, and I think that's kind of the debate that is being pushed at the moment. Yeah. And, um, talking about that, I mean, if just listening to what you, how you described it, um, something I probably thought of before, but really came into consciousness when you were talking was basically, there's a case of abuse. Um, as consumers, we don't want to be abused in the fact that net neutrality is in purpose. So we don't aren't abused. And um, basically, these corporations don't want to be abused in the fact that they are being regulated and um, uh, are forced to do certain things because of net neutrality. And so basically, I mean, it's a it's a battle and wage against the war of uh, who is getting the short end of the stick, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, if net neutrality stays in place, uh, it's better for consumers and people who want to access internet freely and um, more of the public. And if net neutrality is, um, you know, uh, deemed or voted uh, not to continue, then corporations will probably turn greater gross profits and also, uh, with that, maybe spend more on infrastructure. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely, it's a, it's a scale. It's not like it's one side or the other, but obviously I feel like one side might be weighted heavier in the fact of how much more important it is that people get this information and have freedom of speech, freedom of, of uh, you know, searching and seeking the knowledge that they, you know, a desire to find. Yeah, exactly. And I think what you're saying there kind of touches on, you know, the fundamentals of a society growing is you need information. And like, if you're going to make someone pay another 30 bucks a month, or you're going to throttle someone who isn't paying you really lacks that access. So if like, say you are into politics or whatever it may be, like if you are trying to stay up to date up to date and you can't pay for that premium service that they're providing, you're going to miss out on a lot of information and be misinformed or uninformed, I guess. And as a whole, like that hurts you and potentially, you know, the people around you feeling the same issue. And I think that's where net neutrality or though going away with net neutrality really hurts the country is you're going to have a lot more people that are have pushed information and aren't going to be able to seek information that they truly want to learn. No, certainly. And, uh, I, I mean, you said it very, very well in the fact that it's, I mean, this issue, uh, has a lot more implications than, you know, than just deregulating corporations. There's things that will happen on top of that uh, for both sides, good or bad. It's it's going to be a consequential decision and it's something that will probably affect many of us. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's very important for um, as many uh, or as much as the community in the public and the United States to seriously consider. 
And a way that you can consider this, and once you have, you know, took the certain amount of time you want to make a decision, uh, you know, a learned decision about it, either if it's just from listening to this podcast and, you know, telling your friends, maybe sharing it somewhere, <laughs> or, uh, you know, doing a little bit more research on that, um, there are ways that you can have your voice heard. And I think that's very important for the U.S. people because, I mean, the people that are representing us, Congress, who is going to be voting on this, basically the only reason that they have jobs, those people have jobs, is because we've voted them in there. So they, I mean, they're congressmen, and so they report to, I mean, it's a big part of the government, but basically we in effect, accumulatively are their bosses. So if they aren't doing what we want them to do, then it's either time to let them know that and, you know, make the right decisions and saying, hey, net neutrality, like for instance, me, I reached out to my Congress um, person in Oregon and I said, hey, net neutrality, uh, I'm in favor for it. And I want the FCC to basically hold this and uh, keep it established. And I think it's important for everyone else to do that as well. Um, do you know, uh, for instance, just off the top of your head, uh, what uh, sites people could go to if they wanted to, you know, reach out to the congressman or even the FCC? Um, not, the way I found mine was through social media, which we'll kind of talk about a little towards the end of the podcast. That's how I find mine, just kind of a viral tweet. Went through that site. I don't remember what it's called. I know we spoke on John Oliver's what he created, um, if you want to talk on that. Yeah, so John Oliver, uh, a person who runs a sitcom or a late-night talk show, he uh, bought the URL, uh, and you guys are probably going to laugh, uh, gofccyourself.com. And on that site, uh, basically what it does is it gives you a s straight shot to the FCC's commenting page. And once you get to gofccyourself.com, which will be in the link in the description of this, uh, you go and hit the express button and then you could comment saying, hey, I'm uh, either for net neutrality or whatever uh, opinion you want to express. And that will be directly commented on that FCC uh, website so mm -hmm. that they can see that. Yeah, and then uh, another one, I think the big one right now, it's called Battle for the Net. So it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of the number, I wouldn't say the number one source, but the leading source for letting your voice be heard. Um, you just look up Battle for the Net on Google, and you can <clears throat> email, call, write a letter, whatever your preferred medium is to reach out. Um, and I think one of the things we've been talking about is like getting in touch with these people and speaking out and finding this information, how to do it. And really on the basis of what we're talking about, like net neutrality could really affect that. So like, or a repealing net neutrality could really affect that. And the fact of like, there's articles of certain companies or internet service providers throttling certain sites that are against what they are for or deemed hazardous um, to where you can't even access it. It's just like painstakingly dial up slow. Um, and I think that's just one of those things you have to think about. Like it, if you have five minutes, just go into your, you know, have your voice and you want to keep net neutrality, go ahead and speak out on it. Like at the end of the day, like you 
aren't really winning or losing. You're just putting your voice in there and hopefully hoping for a win or you're just kind of waiting in the mist. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, I'm mad. I got to pay another 30 bucks for social media a month. Like, and you could have done something or whatever it may be. Yeah, it's one of those things where uh, first I have a few things to say about that, which was very poignant and like great, like (laughs) what you just said. I loved it. But so, I mean, to stipulate and go back to what I originally uh, prefaced is like, I know you guys are good bosses. So be a good boss. Let your congressperson, your employee for the government know what you want to do about this thing. Because it'll be one of those things where, yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, and I'm guilty of it too, that you're going to be like, oh, like, I won't be able to make a difference or anything like that. But the, the, the thing is, you can. And that's the reason that this whole thing is. I mean, if we were somewhere where it wasn't a democracy and uh, these people weren't appointed by the people, you, me, and everybody else, then it would be different. But the case is, is that these people are working for us. They will listen to us. And if they don't, then the great thing is, is we can hire somebody else for the job. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah. And I think what you said was great on the, like your voice is heard. I think a great example is um, someone in Philadelphia ran for wasn't running saw you know a position on the city senate or the city council or something along that lines wrote in his own name one vote won the position that's all like realistically that's not the case here but it shows that like one vote really does matter so that dude wouldn't have put in his name he wouldn't have won but he did no one else voted and that was that you know yeah don't forget the power of your own voice is basically what it comes down to And with everything about net neutrality, I mean, it'll be one of those things where you you vote now or you will pay for it later. And in a literal sense, you either vote for whatever side you want for it now. Uh, And so uh, personally, I'm sure if you guys you guys are all intelligent people. So you I'm sure you know that I when I told my congressman uh, about net neutrality, I said I am for it. So I voted now and hopefully I won't have to pay for that price of, you know, having to access sites for me learning. So, for mm-hmm. instance, let's say that you uh, are studying for uh, SAT or GRE or GMAT or MCAT. And basically, I mean, uh, you you'd have to pay for that stuff later. Like you'd have to pay for access to that site later. And that just seems so backwards to me. And for everybody at home who was listening, think about it in your own perspective. Let's say that whatever site that you'd love to go to, imagine, and granted, you got to think about that. You guys go to this site and it gives you huge utility and everything like that. Basically what's going to be happening after this happens and let's say that worst comes to worst and worst case scenario, in my opinion, would be that the vote gets passed against net neutrality. These this site that you have gone to and uh, loved and go to often is now going to be commoditized against you and you are going to have to pay for access to that site, which you originally didn't get to before or even worse than that, worse than having to pay extra money to visit your favorite site. 
is that you can't access your favorite site at all. Like you said, 61% of the U.S. population only has one service provider in their area. Imagine if you're one service provider, statistically speaking, you probably have one service provider, says, you know, that we aren't going to give access um, for our consumers to this site. Then, I mean, instead of paying for it, you have no option. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to just think of the grand scheme of things and the levity of the situation. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things, us being, you being a numbers guy and me thinking about, you know, a lot of my costs a lot of the time is like a good example of, you know, paying more is say you pay 60 bucks a month for your current internet or Wi-Fi or whatever. So you're paying 60 bucks a month, right? Say, you know, your morning routine revolves watching YouTube in the morning. You pay another $5 for um, video. So maybe that's YouTube and Hulu or Vimeo or something along that lines. And then throughout the day, you're checking Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's another, you know, 15 bucks. So you're at another $20 just to do things that necessarily don't take too much time. You don't think about, and then you want to watch Netflix or Hulu. Um, then that's another $15. So you're at like 40 bucks. You're at a hundred dollars. Let a just on top of things you want to do. And like at the end of the it's like, Oh, that's only, you know, only $40. But if you're, you know, just making it now, like you're going to really lose out. And the thing you have to think about too, is like Comcast, for example, even if their Netflix is in their package, Comcast owns part of Hulu. So Comcast could realistically say, you know what? Uh, we'll offer you Netflix, but it's still going to be half the speed and we're really going to boost the speed on Hulu so that you prefer that platform. And it's one of those things. It's a business. Like I understand what they're doing. It makes sense. Like they want to make their money on their investments, but on the consumer side, it's like, why do I want to pay money to, or pay more money or pay the same money to watch Hulu, which I don't like, but Netflix is slow. So I have to watch Hulu. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could see these conflicts of interest everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can see how this would affect you in a very vast amount of situations, in a myriad of situations. And it also, I mean, it comes down to, I feel like uh, a few basic things for me, at least, is that um, regardless of who's speaking, I want them to have freedom of speech in America. That's very important to me personally and very important for me uh, in the fact that I want everyone to have it as a basic right and as it is in our amendments. And in the fact that I feel like this could possibly limit freedom of speech, regardless of uh, if I agree with it or not, I want people's voice to be heard. That's what a democracy is. That's mm-hmm. the reason that uh, I can think one thing and somebody else can think another. And and both are weighed with the same amount of weight, yeah. for instance. And so um, uh, I think of it as... Uh, Almost, I mean, possibly, granted, if this gets um, voted against, so net neutrality is no more, um, there will be a lot of um, legal and litigation work against it, so it will slow it down. But at the end of the day, a loss is a loss for the public. So, I mean, we just got to think of it as that. And, I mean, I didn't want to say this, and I'm sorry to kind of, like, ruin your day or freak you out, but... If net neutrality passes, you will not be able to hear these two sexy voices <laughs> in this two sexy apartment probably for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really why we did this podcast. Um, but the other thing I just thought about while you're talking is like all this, you know, 
rules and litigation that it goes through. What do you think will happen like institutional side, like public schools and universities that rely heavily, like my university right now relies heavily on the internet to provide like, you know, your classes. So I wonder what's going to happen in those costs. And like, if that come like, that's another way it could affect the end consumer. I don't know how it would, I haven't seen any articles, but you would assume that it would, right? Oh, certainly. And even to take your thought even further, imagine uh, the specifically online schools uh, themselves. Yeah. So, for instance, let's say that you were going to, I think, um, University of Phoenix. I think, yeah, University of Phoenix, or I think uh, University of New Mexico has a strong presence of online students for their MBA program. Uh, some random yeah. slum dog <laughs> millionaire thing I got going on. But they would in fact be changed at their base because now uh, their consumers of this have to have a specific SPC or um, have to budget for that extra amount, which is basically increasing tuition. And that's not mm-hmm. even, um, and you got to think, yeah, and at a university, I mean, a lot of stuff is online and um, maybe even you got to think that universities would start making their own networks True. and investing excuse me, in their own infrastructure to possibly mitigate some of those uh, um, net neutrality, um, you know, things that wouldn't be covered anymore. But at the same time, you got to think who's accessing that network. Only the computers that are directly attached to that network, if you come from an ISP, then it's up to them if they want to charge you for it or just say, go FCC yourself. Yeah, Yeah. and I think um, it's one of those things to think, this is kind of something I think long term. Say they repeal net neutrality and, you know, you're paying. I think long term like everyone right now, at least from our mindset, our age group is like in that big discussion between going to college and going to the workforce. And this is going to be opinion. My opinion is long term. Maybe by the time you have children or day you have grandchildren, that college once again is going to be kind of one of those things that's prominent because right now we're in this huge trend of creative jobs, you know, doing your own thing, becoming an entrepreneur, but someone's going to find out a way to formalize that system and put it into a college degree. So maybe it's not, you know, business marketing, but it is, you know, something regarding to Instagram or YouTube or something along that lines where you can get a degree. And that's what those people are looking for. Those fundamentals, long-term tuition is going to keep rising. And with this, you know, new cost, it's probably going to rise a little bit more sharper, um, obviously opinion based, but, like it's something to think like long term what this could mean instead of like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, get used to paying more like that neut- or not having net neutrality over the long term can really affect a lot of different things in your day to day life. Even like something you know I just thought about is like when you buy your phone package or your data package, right, you're buying data like that price is going to shoot up too. like they're going to involve other little subsets because they're T-Mobile itself is going to have to pay, or I have T-Mobile itself is going to have to pay more for, you know, your access to this data or however they function that out. So you're going to pay more on your end of the bill, plus your internet at home, plus your tuition. So there's just like all these kind of various, you know, spots, I think, opinion based. Yeah. And, uh, to be very like, I'm, I'm, I was kind of worried that this would turn into some sort of uh, harangue or people would find us lamenting over this thing. And, I mean, it's important. I don't think it can be stressed enough, but um, I don't want to be lost in the sensationalist saying, you know, that 
Um, and this is just me. You didn't say anything that made me think of this. I just want people to understand. I mean, we're we're talking so uh, vehemently, vehemently about this because it's very important to not only us, but I would hope it would be important to you and your personal access of free knowledge and uh, what that means for yourself and also your future iterations of your family, your kids, your grandkids and everything like that. Yeah. And I think I think one thing that just hit me when you said that is like if you aren't thinking about it, you basically should. Like I guarantee most of our audience based on our demographics is gets a little upset when you're trying to show someone a YouTube video and it's buffering for seven seconds, right? So say grand terms of thing net neutrality or it gets repealed, like there's a lot more things buffering because those sites aren't paying for that extra or whatever. So it's like you really see it day to day. It's just not in that form. But like when you get mad that a page takes forever to load or like you're trying to buy a shoe and you can't get into the site or like something along those lines, whatever it may be, like that's kind of what could happen. I'm not saying it will happen. It could happen. And it's something to think about. Yeah. I mean, it's simple as that. I Honestly, I, I don't think it's just our demographic. I think 100% of the people don't like it when their internet is slow. Yeah. But you got to think about it. I mean, this reaches the sneaker heads, mm-hmm. the cat lovers, the <laughs> the people that, you know, are playing video games, streamers, yeah. people that just want to watch any sort of video without, you know, yeah. buffering or anything or any sort of adverse uh, changes to what's going on. Yeah. Um, I think... I think real quick we should we've always been talking on one similar side that we are passionate about let's flip it and talk from the other side okay that's actually really cool (laughs) so i would say that the reason that net neutrality needs if i was on the other side Mm -hmm. uh if i was uh mr pie i would say the reason that net neutrality isn't something that's in the best interest for everybody is that um, it's really limiting these companies and what they can do because they're government regulated and so that there's the less freedom for them. Um, and with less freedom for them, they are kind of their hands are tied in certain things. Um, and also, I mean, if if I was really to sell it, I would say on their side that, you know, these these companies, just because net neutrality isn't like, let's say it gets voted out. That doesn't mean that all of these bad things are going to happen like like that. Yeah. Um, for instance, these these companies could promise to <laughs> be on their best behavior or not do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, from the business side, like it makes sense. Like you can charge companies more for large corporations or whoever uses your service and puts it out to a lot of people to help pay for infrastructure, technology advancements while you're still making a profit. So like, I think one of the reasons to stop them now is they're making a good profit, but they don't want to really cut into that doing the unknown future of technology investment or the unknown infrastructure investment or whatever it may be. Um, You have all these possibilities to find other sources of income as the internet is still like, you know, came out probably 30 years ago. I'd say somewhere in that range. We'll, we'll date that. Um, but it's still just rising faster and faster as more generations are just going to the internet. And you see that there's money in there and you can really help build, like you said earlier, like build on your, 
platform and invest and maybe in the end help the consumer. And like you said, promise to help the consumer. But right now that's just unknown. Yeah, certainly. And I think that there's more weight to one side than the other. Yeah. But uh, for closing arguments and last things you want to say, uh, what do you got? Um, I think my last word is like, understand the power, just understand the information you're getting day to day, right? Like even if you only, you aren't going to, you know, verifiable or like you can't put like a citation based site, like still on Twitter or Facebook or social media, YouTube, whatever you use, like you're getting all this information and you're learning something new. You just maybe aren't processing it. And it's really important to understand like having access to information, um, helps build you as a person and the people around you. And like, as soon as you're put in the dark, like you don't know, you aren't aware of what could happen. You aren't aware of like, you know, what, how to build yourself or say you want to start a business and you can't find that information or that information is only on one site or something along that lines. Like it just kind of an obstacle in your course. And I think that using your voice is really important and, you know, go to go FCC yourself or go FCC.com or the battle for the net and use your voice to, you know, repeal this vote to, you know, repeal net neutrality or whatever it may be and say you are for net neutrality. Yeah. Um, I think you said it well, if, uh, if I had one last thing to tell you guys, it would be reach out to your employees uh, AKA your congressman in whatever state you are. And if you don't want to do that, then go FCC yourself.com <laughs> and comment there about net neutrality. You guys are awesome. Thanks for all the love. Um, if you guys could, it would mean a whole bunch to this little apartment out in the middle of nowhere with two ISP <laughs> providers. Um, if you guys can comment anything of uh, constructive criticism or any thoughts about subjects we can do in the future that you'd like to hear. And once again, um, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, your, your radio, your mom's kitchen, we're everywhere. So... Your mom's favorite podcast. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's freedom of death. We got to fight the powers that be. Fight the power. Fight the power.